Welcome to another edition of the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. My name is AJ Kierens, and I'm happy to be your host once again, as we wish you a happy and beautiful, festive new year as we embark on this new decade. So this project is two decades old, with the star next to it. We've started in the one, and we're in another one. But 2020 is upon us, and it is good to be back Feels just like the first time riding the bike. All is good. So hopefully you and yours had a great holiday, had a happy new year. We are back and refreshed, and I would say better than ever, but we're kicking some good ass and really having a great time doing it. Really excited. It was episode 141, season 13, Nick Robleski. It's another first for here at the 16-ounce canvas. Woodcutter Nick on Instagram. NickRobluski.com is the website, and it's just a, I really enjoy this one. I think it's a great way to, to start off the year um, as, a, as a parent and just uh, as an art lover, as somebody who is continually trying to learn and acquire knowledge. You know, we ask a lot of elementary questions of Nick, and he's just, uh, he's just a wonderful, wonderful person and guest and really allowed us to kind of learn a lot more and really truly appreciate you know, the art of wood, uh, wood cutting and what, what goes into it and the passion and the physicalness and the intensity of it all. It's, uh, it's really a beautiful, you know, art form and, and craftsmanship. And we hope that you'll, uh, take a little bit away from that, from his interview. We, we came to learn Nick through the work he's done with earth rider brewery. So you can check them out as well. It's uh, really cool to just to see the choices that these breweries make and who they want to align with for their, branding and labels and and team you know team up with that so it's been a wonderful experience to, to see that and learn and just having you know all around good time we are well in the midst of dryuary so if you're out there and you're uh, going through it you know we salute you if you're just uh you know taking some time doing you uh resolutions are fine keep keep at those as well i think that i always find that with resolutions taking things away it's just um is harder. Uh, I always just try to find it, you know, instead of, uh, you know, don't do this, don't do that. I, I, you know, we mentioned it in our ramblings as we ended the year, but just kind of uh, be healthier, you know, you know, be more engaged type stuff, you know, drink solo less, you know, with friends more, you know, things of that nature. You know, we like to do dryuary and we each got the post we put up on Instagram. It's not, you know, because uh, of any specific reason. It's one, you know, it helps us kick up, start the year. Helps us kind of a, a cleanse, lose a few of those extra, you know, uh, slices of pie or, you know, holiday rounds that you get with your friends and family, which, you know, those are just as important. You know, I think that really um, if you're you're doing it right, you know, beer and food and, you know, experiences shared with friends really just kind of really uh, bring things together. You know, and that could just be a, you know, a hot cocoa by the fire, little, little big, big, thick marshmallows, but... You know, like I said, if you uh, if you're out there and you're going through it, if you're you know, if uh, dry wear becomes you know dry 2020, that's all. That's also you know, we are a podcast about art and uh, the you know the artists and designers helping our favorite beers and breweries to life. It's about art. It's about design. You know, obviously we have a few, and um, but if you're you're in need of a friend or you need someone to talk to, you know, don't hesitate to reach out. You know, we can either you know be that support for you or you know put you in touch with somebody who might be able to help you as well so you're not alone we truly believe that we are a community 16 oz canvas yeah uh, 
com, AJ at 16ozcanvas.com. And then you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at 16ozcanvas and use that hashtag. So we are excited for 2020. We've got a, a bunch of the interviews already uh, lined up and locked. You know, we're going to start recruiting uh, for you know season 14 uh, soon. And we're looking at ways to you know, do different things and uh, be a part of different experiences. We thank everybody who came out and supported us at the Art of Craft Beer Community Three Sheets. Um, they're a wonderful um, group of people in New Haven, Connecticut. Three Sheets, New Haven, who support the local community, not only the arts and the local breweries, but just you know, uh, groups of people who you know need support. You know, um, LGBTQ community as well. You know, they do different stuff with you know comedians and bands. They're really just kind of uh, one of the the greatest dive bars that you'll ever go to, and I mean that as a as a compliment. Um, it's uh, you look in, you walk in. It looks a little rugged, but their hearts are huge. You know, the, the food they make is great. They've got great beer, and they're just all around, you know, good people. So we uh, we dipped our toe in. We had some art in the show. If you love a print, you know, we would love to, uh, you know, get one to you. So uh, reach out to us again. We do have some merch that's available. Our glasses, we always still have some of those available as well. So we will see what 2020 will bring us. We welcome it. We are excited, and we're excited to share this interview with you. So let's just get right into it. Nick Robleski, 16-ounce canvas, Earth Rider Brewery. And uh, happy 2020 to you, my friends. It's going to be a good one. I, there's probably some joke about seeing clearly or whatever, but I fucking wear glasses and I'm colorblind, so my eyes are, my eyes are weird, man. But I can see clearly. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. We can do this. Ready? I can see all Anyway, I can't see all the obstacles in my way. They keep crushing me in the face here and there. But we have decided that we're gonna, you know, find the positive. Glass is gonna be half full. You know, we might uh, need another round here and there. But we're really excited for 2020 and what we have lined up for everybody. And you know, we got some weird things happening, and um, we're gonna take them and we're gonna see what we can make of it. So. Um, I don't know. There's so many weird metaphors, and I, I feel like uh, I already make enough dad jokes. So without further ado, my new friend, Mr. Nick Robleski, right here on the 16-ounce canvas. You know it, and I know it, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 16-ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. Very excited to have with us today another 16-ounce canvas. First, we have Nick Robleski. He's checking in from Duluth, Minnesota. He is a woodcutter printmaker, and it's uh, it's a first for us. We came to learn of Nick through the, the work that he did for Earth Rider Brewery, but I uh, wanted to thank you, Nick. Uh, always exciting to uh, have a first here, so uh, really curious to learn about your work and your, your process and just kind of, uh, you know, it's really, uh, it's been really fun, fun for me to, to see that. Excellent. Thanks for having me. Excellent. So, for folks want to want to follow along at home, and you know, you want to definitely want to get yourself some of these prints. Uh, Nick Robleski We'll spell that for you because uh, Nick had to teach me how mm-hmm. to say his name. So it's Nick N I C K, like good old Saint Nick. R O B L E W S K I dot com, and then you can follow along with his adventures at Woodcut Nick on Instagram, which is uh, really nice to see. And I have to say, there's a, a recent photo with you and. Um, um, Little little Robleski hands. Uh, oh yeah, uh, and that's probably one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. So I think that was just like kind of like, uh, and you can see, and the the beauty of it is, you can see your 
know, yeah. your, your hands have kind of, uh, you know, have calloused and, you know, kind of been working for uh-huh. so long and the beauty of just like a, you know, a young child's hand. It's just, it's wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. That's good to hear. Yeah. Now who's in the, who's in the photo with you in that photo, fo- in the photo? Okay. So that, that, uh, is my son and, uh, they, I have two, two children and, uh, six and four and, oh, cool. um, they actually come into the studio once a week. So on Fridays we, uh, we, we gather here and we do a little art project. And so that, that varies. Sometimes it's drawing or sculpture, but that happened to be, uh, working, working the craft. We are doing a woodcut right there. And, and my son really likes all the components of it. There, there's the thing that I love and that he loves as well is the, the combination of sculpture and uh, 2d design. So there we are. My hands are sort of wrapped around his and he's holding the tool it's a really sharp knife, and uh, the wood is a particular type of basswood, so the wood is relatively soft, but the knife is kind of big in his hands, and so my hands <clears throat> are wrapped around his, and it's this image of me sort of showing him the proper technique and guiding him. It was a really beautiful experience, and uh, I'm just so pleased that, you know, it's, it wasn't a forced thing. He was really into it, and uh, it was a wonderful thing to share. Yeah, as as a father, our children are about the same age. I have two boys, <clears throat> nine mm-hmm. and six, and so to have that, you know, occasionally they'll come in the studio. I'm recording, and uh, on a couple of our episodes, yeah. they've done the they've done the intros, and the you know that and the, uh-huh. the editing, and I don't know, and yeah. just to to have that, like you, I think the way you described Feels it good. is it wasn't forced, right? And they just take excitement and enjoyment out of yeah. something you love and. We can only hope that our our kids just you know do do what they their to their calling, but to have that shared experience and yeah. and to share with us was just yeah. So folks, exactly. go, yeah, go to Woodcut Nick and, and see that. I mean, yeah, that was it was great because Nick had already I've already I'd already uh, coerced him into being on there, and then just to see that was just kind of mm-hmm. like it, it it was a sign to me that we uh, that we you know it was great to connect. Yeah, wonderful. So. Mm. I, I, I prefaced it before we spoke that I don't know as much about woodcutting, um, so I'm going to ask a lot of probably stupid questions for the woodcut community. But um, but first, let's let's talk a, more, a little bit more about you. How did you know? How did you kind uh-huh. of find your your calling with art? Because not only is it it's a craft and you have to be handy. I mean, these pieces that you make are are beautiful. You know, the way they capture nature. You know, the the, the printing pro. It's just, it's a it's a very mm. intricate and mm-hmm. detailed thing and the the outputs like i said if you go to nickrobleski.com you can see some of these and they're just they're really amazing and so i just really just want to learn 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 Mm -hmm. about you how did you how did you kind of find this as your Mm -hmm. as your calling i think i was first exposed to it um probably in high school maybe a little bit before i was kind of familiar with this type of imagery but i went to an arts high school here in minnesota and was really influenced there in my junior and senior year so we had a, a teacher who was really interested in printmaking and we had a printing press. And so there was a, a component of being exposed to that equipment and the, and the technical process that uh, fascinated me. I was interested in painting and sculpture and uh, woodcut printmaking is a really nice blend of the two mediums. So it has this real physical three-dimensional tactile quality where you're, you're carving wood you're, you're creating imagery, you're drawing lines with, you know, the, 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 the gesture of your arm. You're really, it's, 
it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, it's very physical. And when you see something, you're translating it into a, a pretty big movement. Anyways, um, I was taken by the, the level of, uh, or the ability to make multiples, this idea that you could make a print and then make a whole series of this same image and, and the power of that, seeing things in multiple. Um, just a quick side note, when I first saw my woodcuts on the cans for Earthrider, that was a really cool realization because there were multiples there in, in pallets and stacks, you know, so, so it was this, this, this uh, continuation of the idea of printmaking taken to its fullest, you know, a semi full of cans was like really, really pleasing just to see the power of some sort of icon or image repeated. So anyways, I was, I went to an arts high school and I was really inspired by teachers there. I grew up in a, in a very artistic family and like that photo I put of myself working with my son, I had a lot of early experiences with my parents and uh, was really encouraged to follow through with that. And don't feel like it was ever really questioned, you know, whether or not it was a legitimate direction or career. And so I guess that's part of the reason why I'm still at it is uh, I thought it was entirely possible. So I'm really grateful for those early experiences. Um, so woodcut printmaking, it's, uh, there's a tradition of it. You know, I kind of blend Western and Eastern techniques. So Japanese woodcut printmaking is this, is this very specific process of carving an image into a flat block of wood, leaving everything that you want to show up in the image high, carving everything else out. And then you have this relief and then you ink those surfaces, those lines and textures, and you then print it onto paper. And that is one color. And you can take that further. You can make multiple colors and you can use multiple blocks and you can alter the block throughout the process to create different colors and textures. So it has this infinite uh, number of options and, and permutations and, but yet it is kind of controlled, you know, like there's a real order to the operations. And I think that was maybe something that I was drawn to was the process and the, the sort of uh, honor, honoring the process. Like how can I create this image staying within these parameters? I don't know. Does that answer your question? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's it's great. Yeah, I, I, just the the insight into the Eastern and Western techniques. I mean, I think that just it's just really mm. it's really interesting. Now, do you? Mm. And this is this is probably part of the series of uh, questions. I don't. Um, but do you? Are you drawing mm -hmm. that um, out? Are you sketching that on like paper or yeah, a, so ahead of time, and then? So I'll dream up an image or use a number of images to kind of draw upon and then create my own image. And then, and then I am, I am drawing that right onto the wood block, but also being aware that that final image will be mirror image. So it'll be, you know, flipped and printed. So everything that you're doing is always done in reverse, which is another really crazy aspect of it. You're, you're sort of always one foot in the mirror world, you know, so so you see things in reverse and you, and when you incorporate multiple wood blocks, then you also might uh, compose an image in that way. So you might see a tree and carve it as a positive, but then if you want to create a whole nother group of colors to print the sky, 
then you would carve another woodblock in the reverse of that. So the sky would be represented as all the negative space from that tree. And that's sort of the basic idea when you incorporate multiple woodblocks. You could keep going infinitely and create, you know, the Japanese create generally a separate woodblock for each color. So there's this really wonderful aspect of it where you deconstruct what you see, separate it onto all these different plates or woodblocks, and then bring it all back together. It's a real juggling act. Yeah. It, yeah, it reminds me, I mean, I guess the more, uh, it's still painful, but the, the screen printing, I, we have mm. a lot of few folks who've done screen mm-hmm. printing, so it has a very, yeah. it's kind of like a cousin yep. of that, but it's, it's definitely, a lot, a lot definitely more labor intensive. Seeing the world that way. Yeah, like deconstructive yep. and lay, I mean, the digital tools that we use today have made that, so it's just, you know, just made that a mouse click, but to be able yeah. to capture such beauty and then be able, yeah, and to, to do that to such detail is really uh, impressive. Now, are the a lot a lot of them are based in in nature you know the beauty you know beauty of, of mm-hmm. animals is is that kind of is that where is that what it's like in in Duluth, Duluth? is that s- similar or do you go on trails or travel to kind of have these experiences or are they coming just from your imagination mm-hmm. um yeah that is Duluth is really i think unique in that respect we live right on lake superior and we have we're on a big hill so so we have this uh, vantage point, this perspective. You always sort of are aware of this big body of water. And then up the North Shore, it gets much more um, raw and and a little and sparse. And uh, there's a, all these waterways and waterfalls feeding the lake and uh, big, you know, expanses of wilderness, woods, um, just really, you're, you're just really exposed to all these natural cycles and and i'm i'm really influenced by the natural world and midwest landscape you know for a while i grew up in minneapolis but for a while i was living in southwest wisconsin in a really small town and and uh it it had its qualities that were inspiring but but now we just moved to duluth about three years ago and so i have all this new inspiration and uh definitely inspired by the landscape um deeply and and the the subtleties of atmosphere and 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 gradations of the sky and and transitions into the water and then how that is reflected into the the surface of the water you know that that's something that you see a lot in japanese woodcuts is trying to capture those nuances of light on large bodies so sky water mountain horizon line all those elements are, are 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 components of my of my own work. Right. Yeah, I think the the two that the, the draw of the lake uh, one. I mean, with the level of detail, with mm-hmm. that, and it's nice because it, mm. you know, the the birds are the front dimension of it. But really, you know, you kind of get lost in in the in, intricacies of the yeah. of the lake and you know how the the kind of sunrise is coming off yeah. of that. So it's really that's what I really like. You have the yeah. you have the main character, which is like the focus pain, but then there's always you know, another layer, another mm. story with, uh, it's the, the red, the red Fox mm. one, which really kind of has that for you. It's like, yeah, you know, the, the, yep. the tail comes up and it kind of almost has like a, you know, full circle of life to it and then has the background yeah. of the sky. Yeah. It's really, yeah, it's really great. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And it's nice because these things in nature that we don't always appreciate, especially, you know, where I am, we don't, you know, I, I haven't, 
the only time I see a fox mm-hmm. is if I, you know it's 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 rare that we see, you would see a fox around here, mm-hmm. or if I have, you know go to the, the mm-hmm. zoo or what have you. But the the fact that you have these things that yeah. people don't always appreciate, and then you have to spend so much time and detail in them that like while you're doing it, yeah. you're, you're giving them kind of you know their respect and appreciation. So like it, it allow it it kind yeah. of has another level to your work. I like that you said that because that's that's really true for me. I feel like even the process of you know, let's say drawing the silhouette, uh, a profile of a red fox, and then going in and carving it. So you're, you're going over that line with a carving tool. It's so physical. And it also establishes this quality of line that for me might be hard to just draw, you know, there's a real specific quality to the cut mark to the cut line. And you are, you're sort of, my intention is to really breathe life into those images. So whether it's a landscape or an animal, there's all these um, different parts of the process. So drawing it, trying to capture that just in the gesture, but then translating it into wood and carving it. So you're sort of going over it again and almost, almost sculpting it or shaping it again. And then you're, you play with color. So you're, you're printing one color and then perhaps you're, carving it even more and printing another texture on top and then a contrasting color for the background. So there's all these different um, approaches you have to create this one statement, I guess. And so, yeah, I am always trying to create a sense of the spirit of the experience. Yeah, it seems, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's very, uh, uh, yeah, I definitely see the spirituality of it too. Mm. And I think that, Mm. I don't know. I think now, uh, what was it like seeing a fox after that? After you completed that piece, or after seeing an owl, after you completed mm. that, and just kind of taking so mm. much time to look at the, you know, the detail of their mm. of, of their wings and the the span that they're bringing. You know, I think that would that would be really uh, yeah. an intense experience for me, just to kind of then just be out there and just yeah. sh- share that moment with them. Nice. And that I just uh, I just finished a second children's book. So over the last four years or so I've, I've been illustrating two children's books and it's a, it's a slow process when you're, when you're using woodcut for that. But I finished that last winter and, and for me, that was the intention too to create a, a book for children that had a sense of reverence uh, or sort of honoring these animals. They weren't, they weren't done in a, uh, you know, I wasn't trying to make them like humanized or, um, cartoonish, but I really wanted to, my, my, my hope was that then an, a, a child might still be, um, uh, you know, inspired or amazed by the image, even though it's, it's, it's not anthropomorphized or whatever, you know? Um, so anyways, that was my intention was to, was to create a children's book that had that sense of respect and detail and it also might appeal to an adult, you know, who would appreciate the the technical aspect of how those images were made. Yeah, I think especially now more than ever, you know, with uh, you know, mm-hmm. it's always it's always a struggle yep. with, you know, with our kids, right? How much time on the devices? You know, they're they're great tools for learning, yeah. but they can also, you know, just allow them to not kind of see literally see the trees in the forest, right? And so it um, yep, yeah, I know that yeah, we make it a point to try to go camping more and be you know just kind of completely unplugged, and so I know that. Mm. And it, and folks at home, uh, it's called Hush Hush Forest, and it's available on Amazon, and yeah. you should pick that up. Um, mm-hmm. This will air after the holidays, but um, still, it's always good. I, I, I'm going to pick one up for the mm-hmm. boys, and so 
that it's a nice little Thank stocking you. stuffer. Oh yeah, I, I, yeah, it's wonderful. I just um, yeah, I think it's yeah, I just think it's really important, and I think that you know, like just kind of the, the fact that these connections you keep having and mm. the stories you're telling, and you're just and then to be so thoughtful. I mean, your craft for a children's mm. book is probably one of the more difficult ways to bring it mm. all together, right? And so for you to yeah that level of detail to 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 be able to you know do that and is uh it, it just shows the the thoughtful, yeah. thoughtfulness and it's uh it's really you know it really resonates with me i think i think that ties in a little bit to the, you know the the work with earth rider um because the challenge i think broadly speaking is you know when you're creating images for a, a commercial client um or a product or a children's book if you're you know there's always a timeline and there's always a balance between honoring the craft and the job that needs to get done. And these things can be replicated digitally, you know, but maybe not, maybe not entirely. You know, I, I, I still feel if you look at these images on earth rider on the cans that you do get the sense that they were made by hand. And my, I hope that, they couldn't entirely be replicated, you know, there, and, and that was something that earth rider was always interested in was, yes, we want to create these images because they're made by hand. And also with the children's book, you know, the timeline to create that was a long one, which is a little, you, you know, in that publishing world, you got to come out with your product fast. So I was, I was, I'm really grateful that both, you know, um, projects I was given, latitude you know to to see my my craft through and uh i'm really grateful for that with earth rider too like i feel like from the beginning that was what you know i was told and and that's what we're doing is like okay these take a little bit longer to make but uh this is what this is the statement we want to make yeah that's one thing that i've really come to uh appreciate is and obviously some breweries have digital and some have different multi-mediums are always mm-hmm. used and it's really great you know we've Mm-hmm. We've some collage artists and what have you, and it's it's really fun mm. to see that regardless of the timeline, it's the fact that these breweries are making these conscious choices to align with people whose you know whose designs or creative uh, aspects align yeah. with their vision. And I, I really I really love yeah. that because it you know it's not cheap, it's not easy, and so and there's you know it, and the beer place just like anywhere else is hyper competitive, and so for them to. Want, yeah, want to do that and align with you and align with your style to to be there, you know, to be mm-hmm. you know forefront of their of their labels. It's uh, it's really it's really nice. Uh, it's really nice, and I, I don't think that the uh, the breweries get as much uh, yep. appreciation here. And we are back, right, folks? I told you, it's a good one. I hope you're enjoying it as much as I am. I really, I really appreciate the fact that Nick was letting me just ask questions about a craft that I was you're pretty uh, know, green about, naive. I don't know. I don't want to say dumb because that's not that's not nice. That's not a nice thing to say about me. But it's exciting, right? I just think it's so beautiful, and to think about the, you know, the wave, which is a you know a, a painting or a piece of art that has moved me for for many years. Then to go to his site and look at all the wonderful pieces that are there, it just is just a great thing. It really, it really is just exciting for me to be able to to share that 
and learn. You know, we try to introduce you and try to, you know, spread the love and what have you. And this is really, this is really a, a great one for me to really just kind of feel comfortable to ask these questions and have that appreciation. And even just right from the get go, connect as a father, that photo again, go to woodcut Nick on Instagram and, and find it. It's you know near the top of the feed and it's, it's just incredible. You know, it's just a beautiful thing. You look back at those moments when you can fit your child's hand inside your own and to have that shared experience. And, you know, like I said, uh, you know, to Nick, the boys have done the introduction for the, you know, the podcast a few times and they get excited when, when dad's doing it and they like to, you know, I try to keep the door open when we can, so it's not too loud. And, uh, yeah, it's a great episode. So I'm really excited that we're able to share this together, you know, uh, coming up next, we're going to learn about how he, you know, came to team up with earth rider, how that is working. Remember, he's got a book out there. The, you know, that was, a a great gift I got for the boys for, for Christmas. And um, we're just excited. You know, this is a, a great way to start off 2020. And I just want everybody to, you know, appreciate it and, you know, be thankful for all we have. And I'm thankful for all of you. I was really excited to get back into it. Um, I will be completely honest, you know, trying to stay up late and, and edit and record. You know, I, I, <laughs> I fell asleep behind the mic uh, last night recording and editing. So, that's why this one's a little delayed getting out there, but um, we have our usual routine, and we had to you know break from that a little bit so that we could uh, get some sleep. It's been a little a little crazy, you know, off the mic, but uh, it's good to be back. It's good to be with you, and it's good to share, you know, these great stories and experiences with you. So let's just get right back into it. You know, I think that um, this is one that you're going to want to relax. It's a great way to roll into the weekend. Here it is, part two, 16 ounce canvas, Nick Robleski. Earth Rider Brewery, you know, you know, you know. All right, so let's. We'll, we'll yeah. get, I have some more questions about the wood cutting, but let's uh, let's talk about how did you uh-huh. how did you connect with Earth Rider? How did that come to be? Um, they were really looking for somebody to help them with their imagery right around the time when I moved to Duluth. So it was just, you know, serendipitous. You know, it, it was it just good timing and and. Uh, they were looking, I think, I think they were always intending to, to create some sort of uh, woodcut style imagery. And so uh, they, they sought me out and we made the connection and met. And, you know, it's, it, it's a really good blend. They are sort of, as the name implies, I think our, our intention is to create this uh, world uh, you know, through the narrative, through these images on the packaging and cans that that sort of uh, depicts or describes the, the the very unique region we're in. So, uh, you know, I hadn't done a lot of figurative work, so that was a little more of a challenge. But but the the landscape and the and the animals and plants um, were all in my wheelhouse, and and I think they they really liked that 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 feel, and. Uh, we had a meeting. We talked about some of the ideas before any of the images were created. They had had their logo designed. So, so, so just that simple spiral was something that I always kept in mind creating the images. You know, I think the first one I did was their superior pale ale. And that, I, I think that might be the strongest. It's, it's just really iconic. It's this, it's the image of, 
the lone oarsman, you know, this guy rowing a boat on a huge cresting wave. And it has a nice real diagonal uh, uh, gesture to it that, that sort of goes crosswise from the can and, and plays with that, that spiral. Not to mention, if you're familiar with, um, you know, the wave, quote, unquote, this, this very common image of a, of a Japanese woodcut, Hokusai woodcut of a cresting wave with Mount Fuji in the background. You know, you see it in tattoos and you see it on T-shirts. It's really common. But it's, a, it's, it's, it's this uh, archetypal image of the spiral. And so it just played really well into the, the spiral logo of Earthrider. And we talked about the, uh, the dual world of, of even this, this city, Duluth, where it has this history of industry and shipping. Um, but it is, it is you know, far north and on Lake Superior, large body of water. And it's sort of the, the gateway to the North Shore up along Lake Superior, all the way up into Canada in this big expanse of wilderness. And so Earth Rider came to represent this, uh, this world, this, uh, this story of, of working people and how they interact and play with, you know, in nature. So there's the outdoors person, and then there's also the person who works in that environment. Um, so I don't know. It worked really well. I think they really understood where I was coming from and, and, and hopefully, you know, I got a sense of what they wanted. And, and here we are, we sort of chiseled out this set of images. And after about 10 or 12 images I've done for them now, I feel like it's, it's, it's carved out this narrative or this series of images that if they were taken from a, an old book or a story, you know, of a, uh, something you found from, from, from history of Duluth or the North shore or something like that. These all might make sense. These all might come together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, and, the, and you were saying about the wave. I, I, I know, I knew exactly mm. what you're talking about right away, but I did not know that it was a wood carving, but I, yeah, I would agree. It's probably one of the more mm -hmm. iconic pe art yeah. pieces that I would even just think of in, in life. And so that, to know that, and then, you know, while you're talking, I looked yeah. it up and it's the, 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 yep. the use of colors and, you know, the insight that you gave previously about, you know, the different cuts per color, you know, so it's really just wonderful to kind of try to deconstruct that now while looking at it. And it's really, it's given yeah. me a new level of appreciation for something that I always thought was beautiful to begin with. Mm. Um, and, and so the, 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 the original images that I did for earth rider are, you know, true to how I usually work. So they're, they're multiple wood blocks, they're multiple colors. There's these gradations. I go a little overboard, you know, they, they give me the assignment and then I go nuts and I'm, and I do some like 10 color woodcut, which is overkill, but it's sort of like, I can't tone it. I can't scale it back. And hmm. then, and then uh, if there, there are a bunch of the original images on my website. So like you can see the image from superior pale ale on my website and it's, it's multicolor. So that's what we drew from to create the sort of monotone cans. We, in the end, we decided to create, you know, a slightly different tone or color for each can to define that style. And, uh, you know, and I could have just done a black and white woodcut and then we could have digitally colored it or something, but there's a little bit of nuance in there with the uh, half tones and everything that I think still get translated in the one color cans. 
Yeah, I was going to ask about that. Yeah, how the the monotone and how that worked. I think it's really great. And the superior, yeah. Yeah, the superior one is, yeah, really. And it, it works because you're saying the wave crashing. It like comes up on the side of the can and how it it, it seems. Yeah. Almost it gives it like a level of uh, like motion to it, which is really cool to see. You're yeah. kind of just seeing if the how he's gonna how he's gonna yeah. make out on the on the other side of that wave. You know. I love. I like that parameter, and I like that your your operation. You know, is called the canvas, and I. It's like you're given that that uh, those proportions. Like, okay, what can you do? You have this, you know, all these different challenges. Um, okay, so somebody's going to see this from the front. So does you know how relevant is everything else? You know how much time and respect is the entire can given? Uh, it's just it, it's a really great challenge. It's a really nice set of parameters, and it's so competitive. I can't believe it. Like somebody who's not completely familiar with that world go into a a beer cave and you're just i'm almost seized up like oh my god i've been given the assignment to create some image that is going to rest amongst all these others this is ridiculous so that's you just, a, you, just yeah. you know what do you do <laughs> well you just keep doing what you're doing nick i mean that's that's the beauty of it yeah um what you're doing is 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 unique in a hyper competitive space and what they you know what earth rider aligned with you is, is unique and it, that's that's really hard to say right i mean i think it's really tough to yep. to have that and the level of detail and thought that you're putting into so it much, yeah. i got to give a ton of credit to them because in you know a fair amount of these it's been okay nick here are some here are some of the concepts um run with it you know and and, and there's some back and forth with it, but some of them, they give me a lot of latitude. And that's how we've had come up with some of these images. And I'm, and I'm really grateful for that. I mean, that's really unique. Um, and I'm dealing with individuals, you know, people that I know, and they're really down to earth and respectful. And uh, it's just a really wonderful collaboration. I feel like I feel like they've been very true to my vision, you know? And so that feels really good. That is great. Now, how long, how long are you given? Like, what is the, what is the time frame? Is it, you know, do they, because for an image? Yeah. For you to come up with a can, like how, how much time is it? Yeah. That's a, that's sort of a delicate balance. I I, I feel my, I feel like I, I email or, or communicate with them, you know, once a week, just for the sake of, of reminding them, Hey, uh, yeah, next time you want me to create an image, will you give me a little more heads up? Um, cause a, you know, a lot of times it's like, go time, let's do it. And I'm like, do you guys remember, I got to carve this out of wood and like layer it and everything. That's what I mean. And, I'm like, uh, yeah. Like, cause I've heard some horror stories of folks who've like, Oh, I did that in like two days. Yeah. I'm just like, Oh man, that's, not, yeah. that's not good. Yeah. It's just, you can't escape it, but still, I mean, I still get, Oh, generally averages out. It, it's, it's different for each one, but you know, I get a couple weeks and, uh, you know, I got to put everything else on hold and then go all out. The other thing I'm doing is creating an edition of original prints. So every image, I always felt like I wanted to also make an original print on paper and an addition. So I'm making a stack of 30 prints or so. And there's another aspect of the technique called reduction print. Now, this is where you take the wood block, you print a color, then you go back into the wood block and carve more away. And then you ink it again and print it right on top of the last color. And then you carve more away. 
and you can layer color that way and you register it, you know, precisely with the previous color. And it's, there's another metaphor involved in that. You're re removing what you want to keep and you're also destroying the woodblock as you create the image. So you can't go backwards. So you're entirely invested in the process and you're, you have to commit fully. Uh, and I, I, I like that that part of it. You can't, you know, you really have to just go, go for it. And even with this, you know, if I'm doing an assignment and I'm deep into it and I, it's almost like you can't make a mistake or you'll really have to just put in a ton of time to read, to start it up again. Um, I kind of like that pressure, you know, that intensity of you better get this. Yeah. It's um, stressful. <laughs> And so you can't go backwards. So I make an original edition because I won't be able to make the prints again. So it takes me a little bit longer because I also want to make original woodcuts, you know, that could be for sale, you know, through my own venues. That's great. Yeah. Now let's, let's ask some more woodcutting questions. Uh, is there a specific type of wood that you use or, or is it that vary by piece? What is, what are the kind of the, what are the, some of the tools? Like how does that, how do you do? What do you, what, yeah. what's your blank canvas? Just, it's generally pretty simple. I have a little selection of, of, of carving tools. These are, these are, you know, like six inch long, um, gouges and chisels all handheld. And, uh, they, they, they vary in shape from, you know, U shaped gouges to V shaped gouges. So if I'm doing a very intricate print with a lot of sharp little detailed lines, I'll go with a V gouge. Sometimes I use a straight edge to create you know, a specific type of texture or a real straight cut. U-shaped U gouges are used for clearing out a lot of material. So it's all by hand. And the wood that I use is a, a specialty uh, linden type of basswood that is from Japan that's called Sheena. And it's a plywood. So, you know, I also do really large scale woodcuts. And that's, that is like the, the main push of my work is trying to push the overall scale of the medium. And so that's one nice thing about plywood is it comes large. And uh, this is a basswood comparable to basswood. So it's pretty soft, but it holds up enough under a ton of impressions. So you can make hundreds of prints from it, but uh, it's really pleasurable. It's really a soft wood to carve and the tools are very sharp. And, uh, so I have a fair amount of people come up and say, yes, I have an experience of that. I, I, I carved linoleum in high school or, or, or pine plank. And, and it was entirely frustrating. Here's the cut on my hand from, from that experience, you know, or the stitches, um, across my forearm. And, uh, that was the first and last time I did it. So what I, what I recommend is really good tools and sharp knives. And then this, this nice wood, this is, this is, this wood's really luxurious to work with. So, so carving tools, uh, wood blocks, and then these are all printed on a little etching press, which is a metal bed that slides through two horizontal rollers and there's a big wheel and you adjust the pressure. So tighter pressure, darker print, lighter pressure, lighter print, more subtle and, uh, crank it through for each color. Most of the earth rider images, the original image have about seven colors. So if you're curious, you can see, you know, most of them on the website and you can see the difference between the multicolor image and then the, 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 the image that we finally went with. That's more monotone for the cans. 
Um, ink, I have a whole, you know, all these tubs of colored ink. I generally mix it all on a plate of glass with a palette knife, create my colors, use a lot of transparent ink too to create gradations, subtle transitions from one color to the next, like adding water to watercolor. And brayers, I use rollers. So I mix the ink, put it on the glass, and then roll it out on a rubber brayer and then apply that ink to the wood block, put a piece of paper on it, crank it through the press, take it off, put it in the drying rack, and repeat over and over again. It's very meditative. Yeah, it's very yeah, it's 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 wonderful. I really I really enjoy mm. it. I've I noticed again you go to uh Nick uh Robleski, uh dot com, excuse me. Um that mm-hmm. you can see the progression of your of your you know the work the, the more modern the more recent ones are up top. It's is there have mm-hmm. you are you using different um paints it seems like or just more colors in some of your work over time? You you know it seems like the you know the abstract from the abstract ones to the the fox there's a they seem to be getting more mm-hmm. vi- more vivid. Is that is that just more of a evolution um, of your, or you're doing more color color cuts? I think they I think they sort of vary. They go back and forth. Okay. There's there's two bo- bodies of work. Yeah, there's some abstract work that's a little bit more subdued and and two tone. But some of my recent prints, I've kind of gone deep into the technique and layered so i made like you know up to 22 passes and and uh just kind of kept going with it uh as an experiment there's the thing that i've kind of that i'm up against or most challenged by right now is the balance between the immediacy you know of a print of a one color or two color print and how how powerful is that statement just the composition uh, just the one color, two color, and, and, and how does that compare to a print that I created, you know, I carved three wood blocks and went really deep with color and layers. Um, does the, is that more powerful than the immediacy, you know, of the initial print? And so that just artistically and for my own work, that's kind of what I've been playing with is the balance between those, the, you know, the technique is one thing, but what's the overall statement? I guess, you know. Yeah, I really, I, I they're really they're thoughtful because a lot because just the the, the mm. composition, the stories they're telling, and kind of the, mm. the thoughts and you know the perception of like we were talking about before a lot of the nature stuff is really just it's really just kind of it's it's wonderful. So I mean, I, I really I really I really enjoy your work a lot, Nick. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, it's it, thank you. It's it's great. Like I said, folks, go to uh, follow along. You can kind of see some of the process as well, which I'm always uh, a big fan of, just to see you know behind the stu- yeah. uh, scene stuff. Woodcut Nick on on Instagram, uh, Nick Robleski dot com. You can t- see order, order some prints. They're they're great, and it's just really just a it's just a nice perspective. It's cool because you can see the final prints on your site, and you can see like how you know and some of these photos are like really uh, detailed close ups of of the, yeah. wood, of the wood carving, and so it's just really it's really cool to see that, you know, okay. And then the, the first run through of the paint and then, you know, and then the ink and then just to, to the final, final mm-hmm. piece. Now, how long does that take? So, okay. You, you, you make your first pass and then you put the ink and then how long do you wait for that mm-hmm. to, to then you can get back onto that wood? Is it, you know, a couple of days later, a couple of hours later, what, what happens there? Well, um, you know, it kind of depends on the size of the addition. So if I'm making a, a common size for me for, 
11 by 14 print would be like 150. And, and, you know, I could probably print one color in a day. So like eight hours, I could print 150, you know, that's slow, but, but that's how it is on an etching press. So, so that'd be one color. And then, and then I'll go back, like I said, and carve more into the wood block, or I'm carving a separate block. And then, and then the next day I'll, I'll print another color. So generally if there's seven or eight colors, that's how many days it's going to take me with a, with a print that's that scale, 11 by 14, something bigger, you know, two foot by three foot or something, then everything's longer. Um, it, it, you know, it does take me a week or two to create these images for earth rider, a larger print, like the one you were talking about with the swallows in the, in the lake, that's a diptych. So there's two 32 by 40 images. That'll take me upwards of two months, you know. Now, so uh, there, do you have ones that yeah. so you are concurrently working on multiples or is that the, the headspace? Is it you prefer to focus on one mm. piece? Yeah, I do the best when I'm just all focused in on one piece. Um, so right now, I just finished this print everywhere stillness it's an 11 by 14 and it's a pretty large edition of about 150 or so and it's a winter image and it's real there's a lot of color on it and uh that's just entirely my own piece that's not for any client or anything and and that's a nice balance you know between those those jobs those assignments of a commercial work and then when i get that time to sit there and dream up a piece on my own that that's really the best, you know, that's what all the other stuff supports. I love that. I, yeah, I think it's just great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just the idea that, that this is a, you know, you're, you're, you're able to still have time for yourself, which I mean, I was right as an artist, it's that balance. Yeah. You, you want to be busy enough with commercial work or clients that you can, you know, be doing what you love and it's not easy to be a, an artist, you know, the term yeah. struggling, struggling artist yeah. is, is for a reason, but then, for you to be able to kind of step out of that and just kind of get back to why you fell in love with it from the, you know, is really pure. And I think that's what, what I was saying too about the children's books where, where you're given an assignment and you're responding to, you know, a particular job or a, a set of text, um, you know, to illustrate a children's book. Uh, but, but I was able to create images that were, I felt, you know, fully behind. And I thought each individual image for the children's book spoke on its own. And, and I feel like even with earth rider, a commercial job, I, I <clears throat> have tried my best to make these images, you know, um, be pieces of art unto themselves. So they could be framed and appreciated that way as well. And, 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 and they have, you know, they have an original in the uh, tap room of each image framed and in its full color. And so that's a, that's a nice thing to see if you're ever, if you're up in superior Wisconsin to check out the originals in person right there at the tap room, the Cedar lounge. I like that. Yeah. It brings a full circle. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It kind of, yeah. 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 That, that level of, uh, of appreciation. Now, yeah. do you, do you prefer, do you have a season that you prefer to, to capture? Are you more like the, the joy of winter or the summer? I mean, you kind of capture them all, mm. but it just, it'd be, it's kind of maybe this, certain ones show different colors yeah. to you in a, in a different way, or are you just kind of capturing life as it comes? Mm. No, I mean, we've got a, we've got a, a surfer on a, a Lake Superior surfer 
And then we've got this, this winter, the this snowy owl image with the frozen lake and, and then the superior pale ale is a summer image. Uh, I mean, I do, I am a little bit drawn to winter because of how it translates into woodcut. You know, you can really use all that open space and color, just the color, the white color of the paper. And you can be so minimal and say so much, you know, with, with, um, uh, just, just the subtle subtlety of the line. I, I love trying to create open space with a minimal amount of line or, or texture, I guess. So yeah, winter is, I don't know. I love, I love creating those nuances of winter, I guess. Yeah. I do like that. The, the way I describe it, like I said, you kind of simplified it for me, but the, yeah, the idea that you're using the, the emptiness as a, as a, as a layer that's already kind of there. So it's kind of, it's kind of cool, especially cons- since you're always constructing yeah. the, the layers and the depths by with the, with, you know, with your, your tools to, to be able to manipulate, and, manipulate with the white and kind of play off. It is kind of, is fun. And, and with the, you know, if you look at some of those traditional Japanese woodcuts, there's such a beautiful juxtaposition of open space with intricate work detail. So if you look at the can as a canvas or a, or a certain, you know, proportional, um, parameter there's the scale that you're playing with what how how do you play with open space and i and that's a real a fun challenge for me we just did this valhalla ale with a raven on it and we wanted to do a light can so so if to do a light can with a with a white logo you have to have a dark background but we want to do a light can so so the majority of the image behind the Earthrider logo is this dark mass of feathers from this raven, and it's a close-up. It's a profile of the face, and and then, and then you just get the profile of the beak. And there's a, I think there's a there's a nice shape created by the profile and the and the and the and the composition of this, the positive and the negative. So there's this all this negative space on the right and the left, and if it were all used. I don't think it was, it would read as well. And, and so I've been playing a lot with that is the, the balance of, of the intricate carving and, and, and layers with just open space, like less is more. And I think we've gotten better and better at that. Less is more. Yeah. Now, is there a, you know, is there new techniques or things that you're, you're, you're trying to, I mean, it's a very traditional, you know, it dates back to, you know, hundreds mm-hmm. of hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. Is there, is there mm-hmm. modern modern variations or, you know, is there new techniques that you're trying to do or is it something that it's very traditional and that's kind of that you have to play within those yeah. confines? Well, even the printing press, that is not a Japanese, um, you know, tool for, for this traditional woodcut printmaking. So that's more Western and I'm using a printing press. So, so that's like my big technological advance. Um, using different woods, not so much experimenting with that, with the earth rider stuff, but different textures, different types of woods, you know, real junky pine plywood with knots and scratches and gouges sometimes can create a really interesting, beautiful texture. And so there's this uh, balance between very controlled aspect of, you know, inking and carving with the unexpected, um, not, not predetermining everything, leaving some room for spontaneity and making some decisions as you're carving. There's a little bit of that in the Earthrider imagery, you know, I'll draw it out, but I do leave, I do leave, um, you know, some of the image open for 
okay, how is this uh, developing and unfolding now? Now, how do I want to respond to what is happening with the print? So it's a, it's a collaboration, you know, like this image is evolving this direction. So I'm just going to go with it. I wasn't planning that, but, but I'm, you know, the wood grain is taking me in this shape. So I'm going to go with it and see what happens. You know, the unexpected sometimes creates some really fun surprises. Um, I have a, a router on my shelf and that's to clear out area, you know, with a power tool, an electric router, but I can't get myself to use it. So there it is, but it's sort of like, I feel like it's cheating. So I haven't even used it. It's kind of ironic, but, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm fairly illogical and inefficient, but, uh, you, you got to respect the parameters without these parameters, then it's not woodcut printmaking. You know, it's like, I, I don't know, set up some rules and stick to it and then see what you can do within those parameters. <laughs> no, I, I like we're gonna, that. We're going to raise our kids. We're going to raise our kids, but we're never going to um, let them watch, you know, a crappy TV or something. Oh, why would you do that? Well, that's just our rules. We're sticking to it. I, I, yeah, I, I, I like it. And that we, we, we've learned that depending some of the companies, depending on who they on how they print their labels, there are certain some some types mm-hmm. have certain you can only use certain number of colors, and then kind of yeah. play, play off of what you saying with the white and the snow is that some of them will use the 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 silver of the can, mm-hmm. and now there's some black cans you can get, yeah. and so they'll use that like yep. and it's people just get really creative when they're when yeah. they're, when they're restricted, you know, it's like okay, I only have this and. Like you're saying, early techniques—they probably, you know, how they made their inks were, you know, to, when someone was able to create that new color. Yeah. It was, uh, you know, it was a process or manipulation of something, you know, maybe the, a fruit they found in nature or whatever is a dye, and it's really, yeah, it's really great to to see that because yeah. you, you can go pretty far back. Right, because you're all playing within the same, you know, same frame, but you the interpretation is just that's why that's what I love about this. Everyone could be given the same brief. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be to capture a moment, yeah. and then what you come out back with is is your your way to see that. Or you could bring you know ten of our artists to your you know onto the lake and say, right. okay, capture this moment, and yep, you would have something, like everyone would have something completely different. And I, I think that's one of the I mean, that's one of the joys of life is how we all see how how we all see things differently. You know, even you know the same thing. Yeah, yeah, I like that term, the brief. That's the, that's a nice challenge. Okay, here's the brief. Go to it. Yeah, it's yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's great. And so there is a um a a little video that's on the Earthrider Facebook page and I just looked it up. It's on, it's from the you know right when I was beginning these images, so it's back in May of 2018, but it's worth checking out if you're curious about the process because uh we showed some of the layering and some of the technique and so you can see some moving images video of the carving and printing and and if you're curious that's a nice little revealing part piece oh, that you could check out great i'll definitely yeah, I'm, I'm all about the, yeah. the process and yeah uh, i'm originally from philadelphia and their their basketball team has been mm. the sixers have not been great mm. for, for years but they said you know, they're getting better and they rebuilding and they say trust trust the process and so we uh, we use that a lot so yeah i, I good. love it yeah it's great again oh, folks I go to the process yeah exactly go to uh you know, remember to uh, check out Nick's website, nickrobleski.com. Mm-hmm. You can also go to Woodcut Nick on Instagram and see and see that process and then trust it and then go to the website. And remember, you can go to uh, Amazon or wherever your local 
wherever your maybe your local mm-hmm. bookstore has it and get uh you know get get Nick has two books so yep. he's he's a uh, he's humble he's got Hush Hush Forest mm-hmm. and then um <laughs> uh the first the second one the first one escapes me what's it's the first called, yeah it's called Wake Up Island all right Wake Up Island so uh two more questions for you um the one about woodcutting then one just completely not about any of this um so mm-hmm. the idea so if you make a quote unquote mistake how do you how do you fix that or how how do you define a mistake? I mean, I, I like it because I always like to say the perfect yeah. imperfections, right? So you know, sometimes those mistakes are yeah. are the best the best parts and it shows um, the, the handmade aspect of it. But with the wood and being it's you know, is there is there like a wood version of whiteout? Like what do you do? Well, there in with this process with Earth Rider, I generally do two wood blocks. One of the wood blocks is called the key block, and that's the outline of the image. It's the main wood block with the majority of the composition outline of it. And then the second or third wood block is usually the uh, background. So it's the so it's sort of in reference or or it's created from the first the shape of the first wood block. So. So when I'm creating that first wood block, which is mainly a line drawing, you know, it's mainly establishing whether or not that uh, that line image is going to work, is going to be effective on a can or a box. And if I have a sense that, and, I, and I'll draw it, so I'm drawing it and 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 having, you know, trying to feel whether it's going to say what I want it to say. Um, and then once I feel like I've captured that, then then uh, I'll go in and start carving. And it adds a little bit more, a layer to it. You know, the, the 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 type of line that you achieve when you carve is different than the type that you draw. And so I I, I sort of get a sense of how it's progressing. I guess it's a dialogue. I, I I respond to where it's going. If I feel like it's just not working, like there's just this 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 image does not look like a porcupine. You know, it's just not working. Then I have to start over you know usually I try to determine that in in the drawing so I've got a good drawing go into it start carving if I slip let's say I'm really deep into the print and I've carved away all most of my material but I have this really beautiful elegant thin line of wood and I accidentally carve that out um, then I can if you know if I determine it's worth it versus carving another wood block I can carve out a little square from the block replace it with a new square, glue that in, make sure it's the right height and direction of wood grain. You know, it's a challenge to put a little plug of wood in there is a challenge and, and it, and it's tricky. So is it worth it? I just have to determine that. Um, otherwise I'll start over. I I'm just really cautious. You know, I'm always reminding myself, okay, clearing out this material on this wood block, I'm sort of carving fast, but I'm also carving in a direction that if I were to slip, I would just go off the end of the block. I'm not carving into the previously carved imagery. I'm always aware of that. Um, let's see the types of mistakes. And, and, and let's say I ink it a little different. The color isn't working. Well, I can wash the wood block off and start over. I can create a different color. So, and let's say I'm printing it and the pressure is too much and, and, and it's pressing the paper too hard into the wood and it's embossing it and it's smearing the ink. Okay, lighten up the, the, the pressure on the printing press or apply less ink. You know, there's just all these elements that you can play with and adjust. And 
And then you're making an addition. So you're dealing with 50 prints. Every time you print it, you look at it and you respond. Okay, next one's going to be a little lighter, a little more subtle. Okay, add just a little bit more ink. I want it a little bit dark. You're constantly adjusting. Um, but I don't know. It's sort of like when you're getting ready. If you're, if you're like, what is that? Like, like let's say you're a, you're, a, you're a martial arts master and you spend half the day in meditation preparing for the chop and then you just act and do the chop perfectly that's sort of how i feel like prepare prepare draw sketch plan it out and then just execute and the carving is actually the most satisfying part of the process so when i'm carving i feel a real uh strong flow of energy and generally don't make a lot of mistakes the, the time I would make a mistake is if here's how it gets really complicated. Like let's say a tree and it's positive. So it's the positive outline. And then the second wood block is the negative. So it's all these little shapes that are in between the branches and it looks beautiful, but it, remember it's the reverse of that tree. And, and so you're carving out the tree and what'll happen in your head is you'll be saying to yourself, Oh man, this is so good. I'm so I'm, I'm jamming. This is working out really well. Yeah. Good job. Good job. And then boom, you carved away something that was actually supposed to be left. You know, you carved away the sky and you're supposed to leave the tree and you think you're such a hot shot. And that happens, that happens a lot where it's like, whoops, that was supposed to be left. And then that would show up as a white spot in the print. So maybe I would replace that, you know, with a little plug of wood or alter it. Maybe that white spot then becomes a little star or something, you know, um, sometimes it can work out to your advantage. Yeah, it's like it was. Yeah, you're say, you're saying before. Yeah, it's kind of and it's part part of. One, I don't know. One, one could argue is maybe that was meant to be like that, right? You're you know the yeah the, the connection you're having. It was you know it was in that moment, and that was and when you look at that now, you see like oh that little see that little part right there that wasn't yeah. part of my original design, and that's yeah. something that you really kind of love and kind of goes back to the you know the the handmade. Yeah. right? you can't just uh, right click and undo that last move. You have to adapt to it, and it's and that, that's that's what I like. That's the thing you're planning this, you know, there's going to be seven colors, you know, there's going to be two wood blocks. It's this particular image. You have your paper all lined up and set and everything's all ready to go sort of predetermined. And then you want a few things to happen unexpectedly. So sometimes you invite that. And, you know, I think that's what maybe gives it, it a little more sense of life. You know, it's not completely under control. Yeah, I, I controlled chaos in a way. It's yeah, it works. It works out. Yeah, here we are. So I think mm-hmm. whatever that is, it's uh, it's uh, it's been keeping you busy, and you know we really appreciate you making the time to join us. Um, our last question, mm-hmm. and this is uh, won't be any more of my silly wood cutting questions, uh, carving questions. But mm-hmm. when you're creating, um, do you have a certain ambiance or music, or what are you listening to? What's the kind of what's the scene like there? Mm-hmm. Are you able to to listen to something, or is it the level of detail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's, the, what's the soundtrack? Yeah, I don't know what determines that. Sometimes I do just work in silence, you know, and I think that's because the, I have two little kids and, and sometimes the, the, the environment at home is intense and, and, and busy. And so 
sometimes coming to the studio and working on that, the silence is wonderful. And, and then it's just so focused and, and it's just you, the carving tool and that surface. And that, 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 that connection is amazing. And, and really everything else falls, falls behind that. Um, but then you need some jams occasionally. So, um, and it really varies. It depends. I'll listen to dub real loud. Uh, so it gets crazy like that. Um, and then, I don't know, does this even make sense? Dub some good dance hall and then Chopin. It's crazy. I'll go into some classical because I don't want any lyrics and, and I can play that over and over again. And it's, and it's just like, I lose myself in that. So classical piano, but then, um, dub. So there's not a lot of lyrics in both of those. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, uh, I don't want, I don't want story though. Although I do listen to podcasts as well. I don't know. It just, there's a, it varies. No, what, what kind of, what dub, what dub, what dub and dance hall? Like, do you have any certain artists or you just, put on a playlist and go let, let, let well go. right i've got i've got augustus pablo original rockers oh, i think this is pretty much all you need yeah <laughs> the, the, the cover is hilarious he's just in some sandals and he's got some random slacks on i mean i don't know that you got to appreciate this production level um and of course he's smoking a huge pipe um so Augustus Pablo, original rockers. You can't go wrong with that. Um, I've got Chopin here, the Nocturnes. Can't go wrong with that. I got a little Alpha Blondie, Jerusalem, which if you like reggae, I don't know. This could be one of the better albums. I can listen to that nonstop. Um, I've got a little, oh man, the Fleet Foxes. I'll listen to them too. So that's, a, that's quite, yeah. <laughs> quite a, a, a mix. Right. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's, I love, I mean, that's, that's one of my favorite questions because we've talked to people and we've been blessed to talk to people all around the world. And so people, Oh, I love this. I love that. And a lot of times I'm just like, oh, I don't, yeah. I've not heard that or I like that style, but I haven't heard that artist. And so it's, uh, yeah, that's probably the most self-serving question I ask is uh, my, my Spotify <laughs> playlist. And then or I look really cool. I'll introduce somebody to somebody new they haven't mm -hmm. heard of. And it's like, Oh yeah. Like, Right. Uh, one of our, um, one of, yeah. yeah, one of our guests, like, like well over a year ago, introduced us to Lizzo. She's like, oh, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm in this woman Lizzo. I listen to her uh -huh. all the time, and I was, I was like, I don't know what that is. Yeah. And so I can't. I so I introduced all yep. my friends and family to her like, well over a year ago, and they think I'm like the super cool, right? So right. Was, so I'm always trying to, totally you know, trying to, yeah, right. I, mean, I used to be, I used to do radio, for a while, college radio. So I didn't have any of that, that top uh -huh. forty stuff. But I always, yeah. This mm -hmm. one, this is one of my questions. I always, I. Yeah, that's been uh it's been constant right. so it's uh it's great and it's just a nice way to to kind of to, to kind of wrap things up and uh yeah nick i really i really appreciate you know we're we're well past mm -hmm. the amount of time we thought it would be see i think you don't realize it and you just sit back and right kind of reflect on yourself yep. and your process and what you're doing and it's uh it's really it's it's wonderful and i just really to hear the reverence you have for the craft and how you've you mm -hmm. know kind of brought it into your own kind of very uh spin on it in, in, in ways but still you know being a traditionalist is just um it, it, was, yeah. it was really nice to get to, to share that experience with you excellent i appreciate it thanks for listening and there you have it folks the essential nick robleski 16-ounce canvas interview 
kicking off 2020 properly is amazing, right? That Fox, oh, that Fox print on his website, that one is gives me all the feels. So I definitely, uh, I can see that one coming up. Be hung up in the studio. We try. We, we have so many pieces and shirts and prints and stuff from all of our guests. So we're definitely going to have to move into a bigger studio at some point. And also uh, maybe come up with a side project where we interview people who do framing and we do the framings of all these prints because that's a, that's a little, little pricey. So wait for Michaels to have a sale. But what do you think? Love to hear from you. Love your thoughts on, on the episode. Really interesting to learn, you know, that each color has its own cut and, you know, to, to using the, you know, the, the paint and rolling it out and how it gets the different colors and, and how, how much work goes into it. And even just learning about their, you know, the East and West styles, um, you know, just it was a really uh, informative and exciting and really interesting um, because it is it's art and it's craftsmanship and you know to be self-deprecating which you know we do time to time i'm not a handy person you know my idea of you know building something is you know using an allen wrench and, and you know going to ikea but you know with that said whenever i do that you know i make sure i hang around the water cooler or you know the the coffee a little longer trying to talk like i you know did some shit that weekend you know a friend at once had me, you know, help him do his, you know, do his deck and the stairs and a few other stuff over, you know, a few weeks. And then damn straight made sure there's plenty of photos of AJ using, you know, the saw and, you know, with the, you know, the nail gun and what have you. So, um, you know, it's not by design, but uh, it definitely, uh, it's definitely part of, uh, part of who we are. And so just to, just to see that, you know, to be able to be creative and not only just, draw and look at things you know and and capture their beauty like nick does but then to have such a physical and demanding way um you know to do that and bring it to you know life especially with his his strong focus on nature is just really it's inspiring because it's um it's it's uh you know he said it's you know it's really kind of uh you know kind of a spiritual process and i can really see that you know really when you take that time to dig out and you know, carve out every little, you know, shadow or, or frame and you know line of a of an animal or you know a body of water, and then you go and you go see that and you really kind of uh, you know look at it you know, and, and just experience it in in person. And so it's um, yeah, it's really just a great it's a great lesson and great perspective of really just kind of taking some time to unplug and to enjoy things and really look at them for all of their little details and, and celebrating those. And so Nick, Nick does that on a daily basis. And so we're really happy to, you know, to start the year off with that. And when we do these, you know, we don't always come to these epiphanies or able to find, you know, these messages for, for life. But when we do, they really kind of, uh, you know, touch me to my core and this was a great example of that. You know, it felt it felt great when we did it, you know, over the holidays and then to be able to, you know, listen back a few more times and you know, in recent days and weeks really just kind of uh reiterated that for me. You know, sometimes 
you think things sound good and you come back and you listen to them a few weeks later, you know, and maybe they don't, but this one, you know, this one resonated. Nick was a, you know, a great guest and he has a great perspective. And, you know, I like the fact that it's airing on Fridays when, you know, it's usually, you know, time he has with his kids at the, at the studio. So just, uh, follow along with Nick Woodcut, Nick, Nick Robleski.com with a 60 ounce canvas. We've got some, we've got some tricks up our sleeve. 2020 is going to be a good one. If you need anything, you know where to find me. Use the hashtag 160Z Canvas, and we'll be back next week. The train is back on the tracks, and we are running full steam ahead. Until next week, my friends, we thank you. We thank you. You're cool. I'm out. Okay, okay, one more thing. I've found myself in recent days listening to the, you know, the music, Chopin, and then from there where it takes us on the playlist and, you know, YouTube. So I think we're going to let this one play out. So uh, thanks for that, Nick. So just close your eyes. Maybe if you're driving, please don't do that. But, you know, just relax. Enjoy the music. It's a nice experience. Again, another thing you might always appreciate, but it's beautiful.